listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Good morning, church. This is the day where we celebrate the greatest event in human history. There is no body on the cross. There is no body in the grave. The grave is empty. He is risen. Can I hear an amen, somebody? <laughs> Happy Easter. It is Resurrection Sunday here at New Chapel. So honored that you're here. We have been praying for you, praying for today for a long time. My family is so excited about today. Uh, in fact, on Easter and sometimes on Christmas, I just like to show my family off a little bit. So just let me live dad life for a little bit. Hashtag. Uh, this is my beautiful family. Uh, Kaya and I, we've been married for golly, Kaya, it's going to be 12 years this, this January. You so old, girl. I don't know. And <laughs> she's younger than me. And Kaya and I have been married for a while. And we've got four kids. Feels like 1,500. And, and so... On the far left of the black and white is my son, Aurelio. It's a family name. Far right on the black and white is my son, Jack. And by the way, we're all going to be working for Jack someday. Just let everybody know. Uh, the little guy there, his name is Frank, and uh, he's a ham. And then little baby, that's a little bit of an older shot. That's my little daughter, Vera. I never knew I needed a girl until she came along. I was very, very happy with boys. But boy, how many uh, dads out there, you got your little girl, and it kind of messes you up a little bit. You know what I mean? And so that's my family, and we've been praying for today, the team, the staff. We're so excited that you are here today. If everybody in the room, if you could just grab out your response card, you received this when you came in today, it was on your seat. If you didn't get one of these, just raise your hand, our ushers will get you one of these. You know I can see you all. Just, just, I'm looking for, a, like, even if you're going to fake it, go ahead and pull it out. Just smile at a brother. Come on. Take the, take the you right there, second row. Eddie Cole, take it out. Don't make me call you all out. You right over there. Okay, you got it. Very obedient, praise God. Okay, this we only do this once a year, and, and here's really the reason. is because y'all decide to come on the same day, and, and, and we celebrate Easter. Everybody's in the house. And so if you'd be so kind, even if you fill it out a connection card in the past, even if you've done this in the past, fill this out for me. It's kind of just a great opportunity to catch up with where you're at in life. Maybe you moved. We don't know. I mean, we mailed somebody this last week. They were angry and they weren't you. Okay. And so, so just getting a little update from everybody. If you are a first time guest, you can check that on there. And then just a little show of hands. How many of y'all just believe in the, in the power of prayer? You still believe God answers prayer today? Yeah. So we do too. If, if you have a prayer request, I'm put it this way. If you blow me off on the rest of this, it's like, I ain't doing it and you still have a prayer request, fill it out. Because we take it seriously. We want to pray for you, stand with you. It's a huge deal. And then if you want to just glance on the back real quick, I want to show you this. Not a lot of churches care, but, but I grew up in a church that, that cared uh, about being right, and they taught truth. But I remember listening to that pastor, and everything that he said, I was like, I agree with all of it. I have no clue what you're talking about, sir, but I agree with all of it because I don't go to hell. And, and so... We're a church that cares enough to really address stuff that you're dealing with. I mean, we're going to talk about the truth every single week, but what are you dealing with? What would you like to hear a pastor talk about? Sections two and three, I'm sorry, uh, one and two right there, they deal with that. And you don't have to check one. You can check as many as you want. Uh, I think that it's important that churches deal with what people, normal people, are going through. Can I hear an amen? And, and let me say this. This is really going to help me because next week we're starting a new series 
It's kind of fun. Throw up that slide, guys. It's called Asking for a Friend. In all of my time in ministries, I've talked to people. They're never asking the question. They're asking for somebody else. And so I'm going to lead into that for you and, uh, and just let you put down whatever you want to hear. And over the next little season, it's a series of questions. We're going to be answering your questions and dealing with maybe hot topics, maybe things that you never knew about, maybe things that you're wondering about. I want to know. And, and then number three on the back is the next step in my spiritual journey is... And it has things like getting closer to God or getting baptized or getting into Christian community in, in, a, in a small group. I'll let you check that. Um, but, but the reason why we put things like that in this Easter response card is for this reason. It is because we believe that God has a spiritual journey that he wants to bring us all on. God has something, listen to me now, more for your life. God has great plans for you. God, God wants to take you to another level, a new step, and he wants to put life into your existence here on earth. Again, my view of church as I was younger was just like, show up at church because it's right, and I'm probably going to get a spanking, but you know what? I deserve it, and I need to act right, and, and I need to hear it. Bring it on. Okay, okay, okay. And I, I'd leave and kind of go just live my life because nobody taught about how to live, and, and then I'd come back and get that, that spanking that next Sunday. Anybody else member at that church? You know what I'm talking about. And it is in such contrast to the way that God is. In fact, I can't think of a better day than Easter than to share this truth. In fact, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Write it down. Jesus came to make dead people alive. He's not just in your life to clean it up. I, I believe it will. I believe if you trek with Jesus, you're going to do some amazing things but you don't have to do anything amazing to broker relationship with God because he brokered it for you through Jesus. Can I hear an amen? That's what we need. Oh, well, I just gave up to the calling. I accepted Christ. No more fun. No, 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 no. He came to take that dead part of your life that loathes Sunday because it's the day before work. And he came, to, he came to take those depressed areas and emotional areas and dramatic areas of your life and, and invigorate it with life so that you can live, so that you can breathe again. That's the message of Resurrection Sunday. Now, I have been in ministry really my whole adult life, uh, eight and a half years at this church. It's, it's been a real privilege. But you can imagine, in that time, I've done a lot of funerals. I've performed a lot of funerals, I should say. And I've been at so many, in fact, I would say more than not, where I've been doing the funeral, and I looked over at that guy in the box, and I thought, he's probably got more life than half the people in the room right now. Because, because I'm telling you, the person, the Christian that's going on, they're full of life. I know that. But sometimes the church can just be drained of life. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly than what the world could ever offer. We're not a bunch of sourpusses. We're invigorated with life of God. Say amen, somebody. It reminds me of my redneck hillbilly North folk uh, jokes that I like to say every once in a while. Uh, would y'all just like to hear one of Pastor Joe's dad jokes about the North Country? You, you want to hear about my hillbilly story? Yeah? I'm going to say whether you want to or not. But, um, so there was, uh, there was the Nuego Newt, and there was Cliff from Croton, and then there was Roosevelt from White Cloud. And they were all attending a funeral. They were all attending a funeral. And so they go up, and all three of them, they're good buddies. They went up to go see the person in the box. And, and Roosevelt from White Cloud, he looks over and he says, Hey, what do you want people to say about you 
when you're in the box. He says, I'll go first. He says, I want people to look down at me and look at my face and say, oh, man, he loved his family. And he loved his wife. And his kids adored him. He's a family man. And that's exactly what he said. The next guy over, he was the Nuego Newt. And he said, well, you know what? I want people to say when they look at me in that box that, that boy, wasn't he a person that was civic-minded? Didn't he really make a difference in the community? And the last guy looks over. Everybody looks over the last guy. And they say, well, what about it? And he, he pipes up. And Cliff from Croton, he says, I want everybody to look in that box when I'm, when I'm at my funeral. And I want them to look down and say, look, he's moving. That's, what, that's, what, that's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Let's get into the Bible since there's no place else to go. Uh, Romans, if you would, chapter 8. I want to read this for us. The Bible says this, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Christian, that spirit is in you. It's part of your life. God is, God is in you. you know, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, it was never meant to be something you did, a holiday you went to where we painted eggs and just one day we're like, go, Jesus, you did it. You know, no, 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 no. Resurrection is something we're meant to experience and have in our lives on a regular basis. Can somebody say amen? That's, that's God's call. Romans 8.11 says this. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life, I like how it puts it, to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. What is that saying? Your mortal bodies. It's, it's talking, yes, about your physical body, meaning that to the person that accepts Christ, when you die, you'll go to heaven. Like, like though you may die, you will live. But it's also talking about your mortal existence, your, your natural existence. So it's talking about how, how when you accept Christ, eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts the moment you accept Christ. And so it's, it's talking about your emotions, and it's talking about your body, and it's talking about your, your, your life just here on earth, how there's a pull towards decay. He says, I want to invigorate that with life. I want there to be a lift on every area of your life. I would say it this way. Maybe write it down if you're taking notes. The resurrection of Jesus gives you the power to close the gap between the life you are living and the one you could live. Is that eternity in heaven? Yes. But that's also in the here and now. And I'm not saying that God won't call you to do big and amazing things and sometimes some pretty cool sacrifices, but I will tell you, it's always good and God's, God's lift is on all of it. That's the resurrection life that we are designed to live. Can I hear an amen in the church? That lift. I want you to see that. And I want you to believe that today. It's a big deal. In fact, the author, uh, maybe you know him from Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, or maybe you don't read and so you watch the movie, but uh, it's C.S. Lewis. I like what he said. He said, Easter is death working backwards. Oh, that resonates with me. Because everything in our life, it just has this, has this concept, especially once you hit like 24. They said that's when you begin to age. You know? You're like, oh boy. You do over-the-hill parties at 50, you're very late. It's 24, you start to, and the outward man is perishing. And there's just this pull towards death, decay. And what Jesus wants to do is step into your life from the great prophet Frank Sinatra, make you young at heart, and invigorate a little life into you and have you not go from, from life to death in that direction. He wants to take you from death to life. Though you may die, you'll live. Have that lift on your spirit. Well, what's the catch, Pastor Joe? What, what do I got to do? 
the person who asks those questions, they actually think that God is expecting so much more out of them than he actually is. It's easy to think that the people in the Bible or people that maybe are around you that are godly people, it's easy to think they're special. I remember growing up and there was this really great Christian family and he was the, uh, the Methodist pastor in town and his, his wife just adored him and he had the cute kids. I just thought, man, that's a godly family. That's not going to happen to me. That's not my background or lineage. I don't come from church people. I mean, we, I asked my dad one time, what do we believe, dad? He says, you know Billy Graham? I said, yeah. Everything he says is what we believe. He didn't explain everything. We were just like, check, got it. We love Jesus, so we put up Christmas trees and hide Easter eggs. But there's more. But I thought I couldn't do it. Or maybe you read in the Bible some of these faith heroes, these, these people that are, that are doing great miracles or that God really came through for them, and you're like, that's them. I, I can't do that. Those were the apostles. I'm, I'm me. I, I grew up in Comstock Park. How am I supposed to do that? And here's what I want to show you today is that you can actually relate to those type of people better than you think. I want to show it to you from the story of Paul. Paul uh, was on a missionary journey. You don't have to turn there, but it's in 2 Corinthians 1. This is not a translation of the Bible. It's an interpretation called the message. But sometimes it really captures the heart of what God's trying to say. I'm going to read it for you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1 in verse 8 and 9. We don't want you to be in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came on us in the Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. Another translation says that we despaired of life itself. That is the Bible way of saying that we were even like just done with life, like I just wish I could die, like almost suicidal. That's the Apostle Paul. It goes on. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to, here's a good one, trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God, come on somebody, who raises the dead. You see, this is a tension that everybody, every human being, follower of Christ, has to deal with. This isn't something that you're, you're feeling and that makes you special. Everybody has to come to that end. Not necessarily that you're suicidal, but that you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what my next step is. My grandkids are acting crazy. I thought we had a godly legacy in this family. I don't know what to do. My kids are acting nuts or our finances. I never expected that bill. I'm telling you here today, trust in God. He's the same God that raises the dead back to life. Amen, somebody? Now, Abraham is an Old Testament character. He's, he's really centralized in, in the Old Testament. But they talk about him a lot in the New Testament. I want to read that for you out of Romans 4. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed. Everybody say believed. Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Well, Pastor Joe, that's just because he's one of the faith hall of famers. He's a big bad boy. He's the father of faith. That's not me. Listen, these people were living in existence just like you. And, and what's the qualifier? That he had to know how everything was going to work out, know when everything was going to work out, understand God's strategy behind it all? By the way, God rarely does that. No. What was the qualifier? Abraham believed. He believed God. 
He believed. That's always been the currency that God has wanted to deal with his people on is belief. All the extra stuff are so peripheral, Old Testament, and definitely unessential when it comes to the New Testament. It is faith in God. Wow. Now, why did God do it for him? It was the belief for sure, but it was the belief that God is an Easter type of God. He brings the dead back to life again. And so, what do we have to do to see the process reversed in our life? We have this decay, this downhill war. How do we begin to to climb up a little bit? How do we see more of God's life active? It's to believe. Let me show you one more story in the Bible. It's the story of Lazarus. It's in John's Gospel, chapter 11. If you did want to turn there, that'd be a great one to turn to. We're going to camp out there really for the rest of the time that we have together today. But uh, there are three different instances in your Bible where uh, God brings out in the Gospels uh, the three resurrections that Jesus performed. Now, he did a lot more physical resurrection than what's recorded at length, but we have three great stories The most famous, I believe, is the story of Lazarus. I'm going to read it for us out of John's Gospel 11. I'm going to start in verse 1, St. John 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters. Everybody look at me for a second. Bethany was two miles from where Jesus was during this narrative. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet. So it's differentiating and saying this isn't Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one who you love is sick. Now, pause. Everybody look at me for a second. Nothing in the Bible is there by mistake. Everything is very purposeful in the way that it's conveyed. God is thorough, okay? It says that she wrote him, wrote Jesus by courier, Lord, the one you love is sick. Sometimes to understand the Bible, you have to read what it doesn't say. She did not butter the biscuit, is how I would put it, because I'm a little country myself. She did not say, you know, the one that really loves you, Jesus, he's sick. You know, he prays every day, sometimes just all the time. He reads his Bible. I mean, he's been through it all the time, and and he's got a WWJD t-shirt. We can't even get it off him to get it clean. Like, Jesus, he loves you, and so because he loves you, don't you owe it to him to give him this little... She doesn't do that. She says, the one that you love. You know, you don't have to add anything to tip the scales for God to want to work on your behalf. He loves you. He is fighting for you. In fact, oftentimes, we aren't aware about how much heaven is fighting on our behalf, what's happening behind the scenes, how God is loyal when other people are not. So you don't have to butter the biscuit. You can rest in the fact that he loves me, and I'm going to let him know what I need beyond anything I've done or have not done. Can I hear an amen, church? Hallelujah. So it continues on. Verse 4. But when Jesus heard about what he had said, Lazarus' sickness, he said this, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son might be glorified through it. Now, spoiler alert before we read on, Lazarus dies. And so you think, well, Jesus just said he wasn't going to die. No, he didn't. He said it's not going to end in death. You know, a lot of things in our life and in our Christian existence and our Christian walk can look like things die for a season. You know what I've learned, especially on Resurrection Sunday, this bears repeating. Every death in Christ is followed 
by a glorious resurrection. It might die for a moment, but Jesus said it will not end in death. This is not over. I have something to say about it. That's some foreshadowing that I like. Somebody break out the Hammond B3 organ. Let's have church. Okay. Then he says, it is for God's glory. What does that even mean? He's saying, I'm going to answer this in a way that will blow your mind. I'm going to exceed your expectations on all of this. Okay, it presses on. Verse 4, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It says that for a reason, because the next scripture is pretty savage. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. He's two miles away, everybody. He's the God of all ages. He could do something about this. He heard he's sick, and he restrains himself. Wow. Have you ever felt like you prayed to God, and there was a delay? God, where are you? It's like, God, where are you? It's getting down to the wire, like, like this is too close. God, it's, it's in overtime right now. Now would be a great time to like show up. Let's, let's have a Jesus touchdown. Like, let's show him. We'll all laugh at him together. It'll be great, like old times. Where are you? And I think that we want God's urgency oftentimes in our life, and we want him to show up and like, take a step. Let's go quick. You know what I think is often heaven is waiting on us? That Jesus sometimes looks at us and says, hey, I have a next step for you. Let's do this thing. We can take some ground. You can do it. doesn't matter what your background is. I'm Jesus. Come on. Let's, let's take the step. We get antsy about our thing, but trust me, God has a plan through it all. We experience delay sometimes because we don't see the big picture, and Jesus does. And what do we have to do? We have to believe. We have to believe that he holds eternity in his hands and that your God will never forsake you. Say amen. amen. It presses on. Verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. I love Jesus. He sees things so differently than the way we look at them. Verse 12, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he's going to get better. And they're kind of hinting. If anybody in your life, every once in a while, like Kai and I will be at a restaurant or something, and she doesn't want to say something in front of the waiter or waitress, and so she's kind of like hinting, like, well, we really do have to go get that movie. You know, like she'll like throw me a bone. Oh, yes, 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 praise God. You know, we, we have to be going, you know, because I don't know. And, and, and so what are the disciples doing? They're, they're trying to hint, they're trying to reason with God. Like, you say he's sleeping. I think he's going to die. So if he's going to sleep, he's just going to get better, right, Jesus? Like they're, they're, they're hinting and trying to mine out what's going on, right? We thought you loved this guy. Wow. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Then in verse 14, so then he told them plainly, you want it plain, I'll say it just the way that you want, Lazarus is dead. Now listen to me. God calls those things which be not as though they were. There's nothing about faith that is afraid to call those things which are as though they aren't. You can say it plainly. That's not a denial of God's strength. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may, here's this word again, so you may be, believe, but let us go to him. By the way, if it would have worked out the way that they planned, it would have been just like when you thought God should have done something and it would have worked out the way you planned. God then would only be as big as what you could figure out. 
your God would be so small to what you could comprehend. I'm telling you, you serve a God, you don't know what he'll do. He'll come through for you in ways that'll blow your mind. Unexpected answers to prayer, unexpected divine relationships. You might have to go through seasons of loneliness and be caught off guard by a phone call of a divine appointment that could change everything. So don't limit God into what you can figure out. Trust that God holds the future in his hands. i got to press on. Wow. Verse 16, Then Thomas, also known in the Greek as Eeyore, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we can die with him also. There's the great man of faith. You see why preachers have called him Doubting Thomas for years, but... Old Thomas is like, I just want to go die. Listen to me, church. You can't afford to have relationships like that in your life. And I also just want to show you, it's happening right in the disciples, right in the middle of small group. Don't be afraid to step in, sever. I don't need this relationship in my life. It's negative for me. Don't talk to the people that are going to doubt your future, doubt your calling, doubt that God has a plan, doubt Jesus' power, that he can redeem things, get your marriage back together. You've got to cut those relationships out or those people will steal your joy and your future for someone's opinion in the Eeyore anointing on their life. <laughs> That's a message for another day. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now again, no details in there by mistake. The Jews had a tradition, it was wrong, but they believed that the spirit would hover over the dead body for three days. We know to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, but they believed three days. So him coming and saying, it's been in there for four. It officially makes it so it's hopeless, even with their tradition. He, he picked this fight on purpose. Verse 18. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she, she went out to meet him. Another translation would say that she ran out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. How many of you have ever gone through something where Jesus showed up but it was kind of after everything went down the way you didn't want. Anybody else kind of like me where you've acted like Mary in those seasons? Like, oh, you're here. I'm so happy that you were able to come. Some of you are having Easter dinner and you have one of those little things in your pocket. Oh, so good to see you. He's risen. You got Mary running out being like, sweet Jesus, you know, and then you got Mary like, like uh, you know, it's, I'm happy you were able to make it. Your napkin ring has your name by it. You know, like it's, it's that type of thing. <laughs> Maybe you don't read the Bible like me, but it's funny to me. 21, verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, if you'd shown up, my brother wouldn't have died. She consoles herself. She says, I, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on that last day in glory. And I love what Jesus says. Let me just put a line in the sand for you. Let me tell you who I am. Jesus conveys it so beautifully in verse 25. He says to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. See, we think that Easter is a thing that we do, a day that we celebrate. It's a person. It is a person. It's on him. It's in him. You're looking for, for peace. It's a person. You're looking for joy. It's a person. It's not a Bible topic. Church I grew up in, we do Bible studies. I don't know. On the plants that we had in the Garden of Eden. I have no idea what we're talking about. But, 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 but I have learned since then 
that if you get into that word and you see how it concerns your life, you are able to see that lift, that resurrection that he tries to employ in every single area. I am the resurrection. You're looking for it out there on that day. I'm bringing it with me. You have to wait for someday. It's here today. Can I hear an amen, church? Wow. And, and, and how does it happen? He goes back to that simple word, John 11, verse 25. The one who believes in me will live. Like you might end up in that box, but you ain't going to stay in that box. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asks a very profound question. How about you? Do you believe it? Do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection? Do you believe that there's a lift that I can give on your life? Do you believe it? And listen to me, Christian. I understand that life can be hard. Listen to me, person that's in here, and you're just trying to figure it out. You came because it's Easter, and you know you're going to be getting a call from your granny. You're afraid of your granny still, and you want to be able to answer, yes, I went to church. Because <laughs> even though you're kind of like juries out on whether hell's real or not, you know that your grandma can give you hell if you don't answer yes. Listen to me. Your life can be hard. We're not ignorant to that. Things happen. My hope is this, that you can experience resurrection in your life today. Heard this really cool story uh, about Death Valley. And I'm not, like Kai and I, we are the last people to like want to go on a hike with you. So like we don't go to places like this because it sounds painful. Um, I know some of you like have rock climbing gear and other forms of torture and so... Uh, go ahead and throw up that picture of, of Death Valley. If you don't know, it's dead. It's, it's dead. It's the most dry, hot, uh, arid place in North America, Death Valley. Like, nothing's growing. It's dead. If you walk out there like that cow did, that's what you're going to look like. It's crackled up, mountainous, sandy. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a harsh environment. You don't, you don't want to have your car stop halfway through Death Valley. I mean, it's, it's a huge risk. And I heard this story, very, very interesting. This happens once maybe, like two, three times, maybe in a century. And it happened in the, the December of 2004. Seven inches of rainfall unexpectedly hit Death Valley. And it hit, and at first nothing happened. You go through December 2004. But by the time Easter came, this is what it looked like. Go ahead and put that up there, guys. That's Death Valley. People realize something about this hot, harsh, like it was done. You look at Death Valley, be like, it's done. They realize something. Death Valley isn't dead, it's dormant. And in fact, Death Valley, in that dormancy, it had something in it that nobody even knew. The, the negative things, the, 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 the awful environment actually was the ideal thing to preserve the seed for something much greater. And so you can see in our lives. Sometimes it can feel like that. Uh, I've gone through dry seasons, hard times. For Kai and I, it was her, me, and Jesus. But here's what I've learned. That with every death, there's a glorious resurrection. That even the negative things that have happened to me and the, the harshness and how ugly my situation can look, it can look like it's over. Nothing's going to be happening. This is death valley. I have learned that God can even leverage the worst of situations like that, turn it around, and my life can be flourishing, and it's because of him. And what we have to realize is that, 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 that awful environment, 
has seed in it, that if it's only watered, if it only has the right moment, if it only has the right thing, the right conditions, that's where the lift can happen. Wow. I want you to believe today. My prayer is that you sink into it and begin to realize that God still has more. He's not done with you. I want to read one last scripture and then we'll press on with service. It's out of Ephesians chapter 1. This is my prayer for you. This is the prayer that Kai and I pray over your lives. We pray that you'll begin to understand. Understand. Another translation says, I want you to see this. Ephesians 1.20. Understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. He's got incredible power to those that believe, like in this life. What is it? It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That power that raised him is in you. Do you know that the power that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says that that was the greatest miracle that God ever performed. Do you know why? It was not just Jesus that rose from the dead that day. It was every person that would believe on the name of the Lord. It's still whosoever will call on the name of all of us lifted out of the grave on that day. And my prayer is this, that you'd believe, that you'd open your eyes and you'd see it, even though you might be looking at a desert. I told you that we'd go back to this response card. If we could, this is an all play, everybody. If you could just pull this out real quick, everybody in the room, go ahead and pull this card out. Again, even if you're going to fake on me, just act like it. Make a preacher happy. It's a big day for me, everybody. <laughs> Pull this out. And in fact, you might have had a pen. I love this part of church. You ready for this? We're all going to click it at the same time. Ready? Three, two, one. If you click it again, you've got to go to the Methodist church. I'm just saying. We're done. At the very bottom of the back page, you might notice four boxes with an A, B, C, D. And... We left off talking about your spiritual journey. I want to talk to you about your heart right now. No matter what, whether you answer this or you don't, you are one of these four. And, and I want you to let me know where you're at. And so the, the box A there stands for this. It says, I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. You'd say, Pastor Joe, I'm saved. I'm, I'm born again. I ain't perfect, but I'm saved. I love God. Like I know I'm going to heaven. Someday, I'm on a journey with God now. If, that, if that's you, you can check that box. B there stands for this. I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus today. This is the person in the sound of my voice where you say, look, I've been listening to what you've had to say, and it's time. I, today's the day. I'm willing. I, I want to accept Christ. I want to take that next step. I want to become a Christian Box C there stands for this. I'd like to consider it a bit more first. And that's the person in here who's saying, listen, I'm, I'm hearing what you have to say. And I'm, not, I'm not upset. I don't have a bone to pick. I, I listen to it. I just want to think about it a little bit more. And then letter D is this. I don't ever intend on making that decision, Pastor Joe. And here's the deal. Y'all look at me. I want you to check it. I want you to check it. I always dreamed of having a church where the last two, C and D, we would have people who are trying to figure this out, that this wasn't just the frozen chosen us for no more, but it was people trying to be like, I don't know, I'm trying to find out if this thing is real, if there's validity. And I'm telling you, God will honor a seeker-friendly church. I'm not talking about seeker-sensitive where we downplay truths. I'm talking about a church that's friendly to the person who's looking, God, are you real? 
And even if you say today, I don't ever intend on it, mark it. Because we've had people that have filled out this survey over the years that have come back and said, Pastor Joe, I marked that I'd never do it. And here I am, and now I'm serving on the Usher team, and I love God, and you got me. And I will tell you, friend, if you mark D, I'll be praying for you. Because I believe your best days are ahead of you. And God has a plan for your life. I want to give us just a minute to fill out one of those four boxes. Check one of those boxes only. When you've done that, just bow your head all over the room. That'll just let me know that we're ready to press on with the rest of service. Go ahead. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room, I just want to say to the person who checked B, great job. That was hard. We're so proud of you. I know that this is a moment for you. It's that rainfall moment where things can come to life. And and the Bible says this, whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. That when we call Jesus Lord over our lives, Instead of us being boss or Lord over our lives, trying to be our own God, when we give our lives back to the God who made us, the Bible says we'll be saved, that we'll have an eternity in heaven. But listen to me, eternal life doesn't start when you die. It starts the moment you accept Christ. And so if you're in here and you check B, we want to pray with you. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm not going to embarrass you. Not going to embarrass you. Not going to make you come down. There's public things like a baptism, but this is in between you and God right now but we are going to pray. And I'm going to ask those Christians in the room, those people that call yourself a believer or a follower of Jesus, I'm going to ask that you pray this with us. A is a declaration of your faith on Easter Sunday. Very cool. But also in support of those people coming into the family today. With heads bowed, eyes closed, pray this out loud with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. For my sin, so I can be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. So with my heart and with these words, I confess. Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Put your spirit within me. I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give it up for those people that accepted Christ. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Hey, if you prayed that and you're like, what just happened? Who are these weirdos clapping around me? It's because we prayed it and we know the change it made in our life. We're excited for you. I want you to take a next step, and that is this. For everyone in the room, including those that checked B, when we dismiss today, I need you to leave this card with us. You can leave it on your seat, and our ushers would be happy to pick that up and make sure it arrives at my desk. Believe me. You can also be a person that takes it to guest services. If you're a first-time visitor, amongst all the other things, they have that free gift for you. You can put it in one of our drop boxes that are on the walls or giving podiums. However you do it, listen, make sure I have it. Our ushers are also going to have a little basket as you leave these doors today. You can put it in that basket on your way out. If you want to fold it because you don't want anybody to know your business, honestly, I would do something like that. You're welcome 
welcome to do it. In fact, how about this? Since we don't want to embarrass everybody, let's all just fold it. Make sure nobody can see our business on the back, our spiritual stuff on the back, and we can put it in one of those receptacles on the way out. One more time, church, can we give it up for those people that accepted Christ on Easter? Louder than that, louder than that, death to life, come on, stand up on your feet. Did y'all get anything out of today's service? I hope that you did. We've been praying for today for a long time. We love you so much, and we are for you. Don't forget that next week, everybody say next week. Next week is that new series, Asking for a Friend. Today, you are determining my sermon. It makes me very vulnerable, honestly. And so fill that out. Throw me a, a real ringer, and we'll, we'll do our best shot at it. I'm, I'm going to preach it straight out of the Bible. Whatever questions you ask, it's going to be great. Make sure you come for that. Also, baptisms are next week. Come expecting to celebrate with those people that are getting water baptized. And if you've never been water baptized, including those people that accepted Christ today, jump in both feet. I mean that literally and figuratively. You can sign up with one of our cards. They're available at the wall or at guest services. It's our baptism card. Fill that out and let us know you're coming or sign up at the uh, uh, sign-up sheet at, at guest services so we can put you down. End of the day, I let people get baptized every single time we do it that have never signed up. So it just helps us a little bit to have enough towels. Uh, but next week is going to be phenomenal altogether. Guys, would you give it up for my beautiful bride as she comes up? I want to pray for the people. We love you so much. We believe that the best is yet to come, everybody. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you. May the Lord give you his peace. And as you go, have a great week.